Hey, welcome to Summer Camp Pro Podcast. This is Kurt. And I'm Chris. And in this episode, we are talking about the best things we did this summer. Now, Chris will be talking about the best things <laughs> that he did this summer, I think, right? Is that your plan? Well, yeah. The things I think that were pretty good. <laughs> okay. And then I ran a roundtable a um, couple months ago on the best things that directors, you know, asking other directors the best things they did at their summer. And so I'm going to be taking from that list ones that I think, I mean, there were a lot of great ideas, a lot of neat things, but some that were very specific to their camps that Mm -hmm. might not be able to be used everywhere. So I tried to pick ones that could be used by everyone that I liked. That's a good idea. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah. So uh, I guess, do you want to just jump into it or do Sure. All right. Why don't you start? And I kind of even kind of put mine in order from like number one, I think was the best all the way down to like, it was good. I'm glad I did it. But I, I put mine in order of importance. So my favorite. Oh, so thing this is, the, this is the fit. You're starting off with the, right fate. the you bat. don't want to go with the number 10 first. No, well, we can. I mean, it doesn't matter. What, what do you think? Should I start at the bottom? I think you should build up to Work my way up. All right, yeah. I'll build up to it. Uh, we can get build the excitement, build the build the anxiety. <laughs> I right, well, are fast forwarding right awful. now. Yeah, this sounds awful. But it, so it wasn't the worst. It was just the worst of the best. Um, so we added a media manager on this summer, and I know a lot of camps have that. They have their photographers, they have mm. their videographers and stuff. We have never had that. I have always been that person. And so we added her on this year, and it was awesome because I didn't have to take any pictures. I didn't have to post anything <laughs> on Facebook or Twitter. And it was just it, – it, I mean, it cost because we added another employee on, but it was so much off of my plate this year, and it was awesome. And then I felt like our – especially our social media was so much better this year because she could post stuff almost daily. She could put stuff out there that I didn't have the time because I'm a camp director and running the place too. Right. Um, and so, so yeah. So where did you I find the, it. where'd you find the money in the budget to hire an extra person? We, we, we just did it. <laughs> so, and we said one of the things that it would help, that it would help bring in more marketing and more people. And we had, I mean, we had a lot more children this year. So that helped as we had more kiddos that kind of helped pay for her position. Okay. I mean, it's, it was essentially, we had to add on one extra kid a week to pay for her. And and that's as long as we had that, and and we added on a lot more this year, so it, nice. she was well paid for. Nice. All right. Uh, yeah, I like that. Anytime you can take uh, stuff off your plate, especially that where mm-hmm. twenty years ago you didn't have to worry yeah. about all these pictures being posted, mm-hmm. and I think every camp can use a media manager. Yeah, if they, now, if they can say, make it work. It has created. This will have to become a permanent position because it has now created and parents like the what to expect. So they expect to if they send something in over Facebook Messenger to be answered immediately, they expect to have their kids' pictures up and and so it does I mean it's created its own monster. Gotcha. Do you think it will bring in more business or I do I retain Yeah. I mean I the the number of likes on our Facebook page shot up tremendously this year um and and just the number of of people interacting with us and so i think it will really help 
plus I I can't tell you how many people even this time of year go, oh, I saw this on your Facebook or I saw this on Twitter. Or, I, I read this on Instagram. I'm cool. like, oh, good. People are looking at that. <laughs> so I, I think we're quickly coming to a day and age where less and less people actually go to websites anymore and they, they just start scouring social media. So I need to get a media manager. Just, just for yeah, <laughs> just for you. <laughs> I, I, I'm so bad at the whole social media thing. So my, I, f- oh, go ahead. What were you gonna say? I'd say you do pretty well at the summer camp pros. You're always you're there and answering questions. And oh, uh, for that, but not not really. I don't promote my stuff as much as I should, or like my Instagram is non-existence. I, I have oh, a, yeah. a an account, but yeah, there's I'm nothing on there. Anyways, <laughs> so. The first one I have, I really like this. This was by Cindy Grant, and she talks about consent. And so I'm going to read what she wrote. We talked as a group about how some people have different feelings about touching. Some people Mm -hmm. like lots of hugs. Some people would rather not be touched. So before we Mm -hmm. hug or high five, we ask if it's okay. This was a big help for our campers who had sensory concerns because they knew it was okay to say no. We also emphasized to ask every time. They also generalized it to other areas on a field trip. We were unable to pet animals in a petting area because the animals were annoyed by the intense heat. The campers understood that because we talked about it already. Mm. I like that. And I'm going to go ahead and go into one of her other, I guess, social skills, which is apologies. And she writes, Removing campers from activities for disciplinary reasons, time out, I guess, was proving less than effective. So we had a lesson on sincere apologies, accidents, and fixing mistakes. After that, we would have the campers stay with the group and simply write an apology, which is basically filling in the blanks on a form letter because they were little. They weren't excluded from the group, and how much of the activity they participated in was entirely their decision. We noticed the incidence of undesired behavior decreased and they were more aware of how their actions impacted others. And I like the whole idea idea. yeah, of of just talking about, you know, because so many times we go, okay, you guys apologize and then go back to what you're doing or, Mm -hmm. you know, you you can't, you can't play until you shake hands. Uh, But just having a talk about, hey, look, here's what a sincere apology is here. You know, people there's accidents. Don't take it personally sometimes. And here's how you can fix your mistakes. And just having a a talk about that where I feel like when I was growing up, I don't ever remember having, you know, anyone explain, you know, consent, Mm -hmm. you know, about hugs or high fives or anything or apologies or anything like that. And I think camp's a, a great place to, to introduce those things and great teachable moments, I guess. I wrote that down. I'm going to do that this year. Um, I actually, I was just listening to the Camp Code podcast, and that was one of the things they talked about was um, teaching your staff how to apologize because even staff don't know anymore mm, and, and right. having to kind of during staff training, like what it what it looks like to apologize. So I like That's that. That's true. So next up on my list, we added um, a bunch of new team building activities and initiatives and stuff and so when i got here to this camp we had a ton we called our low ropes course and you know you have the wires you have the different things but i we never no one really enjoyed doing it always seemed like we had to do it yeah and i always hate it and and i think part of that was it was because all of our initiatives how they worked was 
one kid. It was always like one kid at a time. And the ones that they all enjoyed, they enjoyed Spiderweb because several kids were involved in that. They enjoyed the wall because several kids were involved. But like the the walking the wire, it was just one kid got to go across that at a time while everyone else spotted or they cheered or they they whatever. Sure. Um, and so and I get that because I'm a very impatient person myself. I don't want to sit there and wait for you know all other nine people in my team to go through. <laughs> And so we added a ton of new team building things that required everyone to be involved at the same time, uh, like the tennis ball traverse or the magic carpet where you're all standing on and you all have to flip it over. And even the, we call it gutter ball. I don't know if it has a better name, but you have the little half pipes, uh, PVC pipes, and you're trying to get a golf ball all the way down. And and they loved it because everyone was involved the whole time. No one was sitting out. No one was spotting or cheering. More team building. It was actually more teams. Yes. And so, and that's what, and it was good. Turned out well. Yeah. I I think a, a big thing also to help with low ropes initiatives and team building is to frame it in a story. Mm-hmm. And that really kind of, when, when the kids can imagine there's lava or, yep. or we're timed because this might happen, you know, just if you have a story around it, that helps out a lot as well. Yeah. Okay. So I guess it's my turn, huh? Yeah. <laughs> my, next. <laughs> next. My next one is uh, music bingo. Now oh. I love bingo. I know I'm like 80 year old grandpa. Uh, bingo. No, I love bingo. I love Did you go it. And play bingo. I never go and play bingo. No, oh. I should. I, I think I've been to one casino where I played bingo, <laughs> um, but I, I do like it. I have, when I worked parks and recreation, I did have like family bingo nights that I put together and stuff, but I think it's a great activity at camps <laughs> because everybody can participate. As opposed to, you know, let's say it's a it's a campfire and somebody's doing skits or whatever and people are watching or there's it seems to be a lot of time when kids are just watching at camp, right? Yes. But with bingo, yeah. you're it's you're sitting down, not running around, and everybody can play, but I like to mix it up a little bit so it's not just bingo. And all the kids know how to play because they play at school mm-hmm. or after school or what have you. So, you know, things like disco bingo I would do and uh, extreme bingo. Well, this one is music bingo. And this one comes from Eliza Glader. Glader Glader. She writes, we started using music bingo as an easy rainy day specialist is out. Kids are tired. Other excuse for a last minute change activity. We created a playlist of favorite camp songs and plugged a list of those same songs into an online bingo card generator. Songs were a mix of camp dances, songs we sing at song sessions, and other popular songs. Bingo cards were always available to staff, and the playlist could easily be shared so anyone could play it. This was a huge hit for all ages and could be done in either a short or a long time, since campers often want to take time to sing along and dance to each song. It was so simple, but so fun. So I'm thinking what they did was they would play the song and Mm -hmm. the kids would go, oh, I know this song. Maybe they dance, sing along, but they would mark on their bingo card. Okay, there's that song. And so I I just thought that was a really neat idea. It's just a a little tiny thing to add and and really, really make it a lot more fun. Cool. Yeah. Uh, My next one up on the list, we did, um, we called it CIT Work Weekend. Mm. Um, and so 
in the past, during our training school, we would have all of our CITs, our our younger staff, come out, uh, and they would be there during training school. And so, we, because CITs work one week or two weeks during to have them all there during training school, is to have like thirty extra people at at our training that we just really didn't need. It was just too many people, and so we decided we're going to have this work weekend. So they would come out during the weekend. We would have jobs and stuff for them to work and do, and it was kind of more like a volunteer kind of work weekend. Um, and then that gave us as admin staff a chance to see them actually in action. And we can sit there and go, oh, this one was really good. They were working hard. Or, oh, this girl has a lot of drama that she brought even just in a weekend. Can you imagine her here all summer kind of thing? And then that really helped us determine who gets like, so they would tell us like, oh, I want to work four weeks during the summer. Like, all right, they'd come to the work weekend and they were lazy. They were, they were messing around. They were drama or whatever. Like, hey, you know, we decide you're only going to work one this summer and maybe next year you'll get more. But then that way we got a chance to kind of evaluate them before they even started and see how good they were. And and then we didn't have 30 extra people during our staff training. But hmm. and so I love that. Work- I, projects would they have to do so we would i mean we had to feed ourselves while we were there for the weekend so they would get dishes they would get serving and things like that too plus we had other i mean we were cleaning out some different cabins because it was in the spring so getting everything ready for the summer um and there's a camp up in iowa irbc that has i think they call theirs water and work weekend or something like that and that it was a great idea that i kind of stole from them and i loved it i'm like this is perfect i am doing this from here on out and so Cool. Nice. like that. So my next one is Quest for the Holy Grail. (laughs) Right? Sounds exciting. That's what I'm saying. This comes from Marianne Manning. So it's one activity that our campers really enjoyed was a game called Quest for the Holy Grail. It was our medieval week. Uh, this, This is fun because they gather all their kids and crowned a queen of the girls team and a king of the boys team. Uh, with crowns and capes and seated them in special chairs. So then they presented a picture of a really ugly vase that a staff member found. I I guess you could use anything as your holy grail, right? Uh So it's holy grail that was found on your camp for some reason. The two teams would compete to find it. The reward was just bragging rights. The rules were laid out for the subjects. Um, Boundaries were specified and basically, a team leader or head knight was picked for both teams, and the and the the knight, the head knight, would be the only person allowed to converse with the royalty, the king or the queen. Oh. Right. So the queen and the king they knew where the holy grail was, where it was hidden, and the head knights had to ask yes or no questions that could lead them to the grail. So the the teams would help the the knights come up with these questions and the boys can't hear what the girls ask and the girls can't hear what the boys ask. Mm -hmm. So it's it's separate. And then once the question is answered, they go out and they search for where they think it is and they can only ask one question at a time. So then they come back if they didn't find it and they ask another question. Yes, no. All right, let's go search wherever else. Uh, So the, the, the staff need to set rules for boundaries and so forth before the game begins and, of course, they need to monitor the grounds uh, as the teams move about. Uh, and, and then you would have a staff member with each royal, you know, with king and, and queen to make sure that the knights are following the rules. And, uh, yeah, basically she said the 
campers had a blast. The game lasted about half an hour, and she supposes that it really matters how hard you hide the grail um, and how well the teams work together as far as extending the time Coming of that activity questions, or not. Yeah. yeah. So I think Did she was, say who won? I want to know who won. I, she didn't Chris? say who won. Oh. <laughs> now I'll never know. Never that's cool. Know. I like that game. Yeah, that's a fun, fun little game. All right, number five, the fifth of the top. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Getting closer. So we did this year, um, my wife had found this, and it worked well, and I liked it, but we did interactive notebooks for training school. Oh, right. Um, Tell me about this. Interactive mm-hmm. notebooks are all the rage in schools nowadays, and it's um, it's essentially to give your kids, give your teens something to do while they're listening and learning. And so, like, our interactive notebooks, like, they would have to cut out stuff and glue it a certain way. And like, I think of right now, even, like, our um, we talked about homesickness. And so they had this little piece of paper and they cut it out kind of like those papers you would see hanging up where you, you'd rip off a, a phone number right? and you'd take that home. So they, they cut it out like that. So they would lift, you'd have a flap and the top flap may say like ideas to help prevent homesickness right off the bat. And so, and then they, they lift that flap and they'd write notes that I'd give them. And the next flap might say um, ideas for when your kid already comes with homesickness or has it already. And here's that, or ideas to help when mom or dad says something at drop off that, you know, is going to cause that child to have homesickness. And it was just kind of really cool. And so they created these, they glued these in, they would color them while we're talking and add notes. And I really feel that this year our staff retained so much more information than in years past where I've already had the binder made up for them. I've already mm-hmm. had all the gotcha. notes taken down. This this really kind of forced them to pay attention and take notes as well as they got to doodle and glue and, and kind of keep their hands busy while they were also listening. So I, I really like that. I think we'll do it again this next year. Cool. Yeah. My next one is Sacred Space. Okay, so this comes from Wayne Stewart. And I like certain areas that you can go to whether it be for programming or for what it, you know, I think camps should always have little areas, little hidden pockets Mm -hmm. that they build something at. But this is what he wrote. We created a sacred space called the Mount and is located on a knoll above our camp, uh, above our camp kitchen in a forested area. It has some beautiful benches chainsawed out of large logs and then three crosses erected above that, with a bench for contemplation, meditation, or just a tranquil setting. This is not a program area, but rather a place to be still. Very powerful, but so simple. And I like that. You know, it doesn't have to be a faith-based camp where you're you're putting up crosses, but just a place where you can kind of relax if you want to get away from everything and just a, a tranquil setting. Maybe you have a, a little creek running or waterfall. Who knows? Whatever, maybe a couple of hammocks that are set up. Whatever is that tranquil setting for your camp, I think it's great to put something like that. And so it's called Sacred Space. I like that. Yeah. All right. Number four. I'm down here. (laughs) So we have a room in our camp. It is called Pine Tree Inn. That is what I renamed it when I got here. It used to be called the speaker's cabin when we would have special speakers come in to like speak chapel for the week or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came on, I, I've done all, I, in fact, the previous director did all the chapels too. So it has not been a speaker's cabin for like 20 years. And so we gave it a name, Pine Tree. And, and this year we decided 
we were going to, we remodeled it and made it nice, put a nice bed in there, bedspreads and all this really nice kind of hotel style room. And we offered it out to area pastors, area youth pastors, or if you're in the ministry and you're, you're full time in the ministry, that you can actually come out and stay at camp free. And not during the summer, but here in the off season, you come out and stay for free as long as we don't have anything going on. So it can't be weekends. It kind of has to be like a a weeknight or whatever, but they'd have to call it up and set up. But then that gave, um, that has been, has allowed pastors and, and churches and different people to come out and kind of see our camp and go, oh, you have a lot more out here than I realized, or this place is really cool. Mm-hmm. And then they want to bring their kids next year. They want to bring their church next year. And so that has really helped kind of do that as well as it's been kind of just a nice thing that we can offer yeah. to area pastors and stuff. So great, great for marketing as well as just great to be nice. So if I come out, can I stay there? Yeah, that's where you'll stay. In fact, <laughs> it's really, I mean, we redid it. We repainted and, and you know, we went to Hobby Lobby and bought like adventure signs or <laughs> camp is my favorite oh, place. Oh, I'm sold. Kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, so it's really cutesy for camp. And right. Nice, big old, brand new queen bed, mattress and stuff. Nice. So. All right. Cool. Okay, my next one is by Shelby Nichter. Okay. I'm, I'm going with that. And uh, basically, it's something that you start naming names. (laughs) Basically, it's something that I uh, believe in, and that is if you are able to, is to overhire, hire more staff than you actually need, because people might quit, or you might have to get rid of somebody. Or, well, let me just read what she wrote. I know not everyone is able to do this, but we were able to overhire a few staff each summer. Things come up with staff that leave us short-staffed and in a pinch. It worked out perfectly this year that when staff are unable to work, family emergencies, etc., we were still sufficiently staffed and the campers' experiences weren't affected. Only one or two staff of the or one or two of the weeks of the summer were we actually overstaffed and we were able to use those staff in other areas as there's always something in camp to do. Uh, Extra staff would run program areas and activities, lifeguard, give extra support to counseling staff, help at bedtime, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, So if if you're able to do that, I think it's great to overstaff. And again, a lot of times you might not even have, you know, be overstaffed during the summer because, again, somebody might leave or you might need to get rid of somebody, that type of thing. You so, start overstaffed, yeah. but it doesn't start stay that right. Way. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to scrambling, you know, that yeah. first week or two, going, oh, I need to get somebody else. That's so, a great idea. Yeah, there's a camp not far from us, and we always joke every year that we're going to give each other um, one person for like the first three days of like training school. We both know that that person's going to end up back at the other camp, but they're there at our camp just to be fired, and so. To, uh, they do things right or whatever, but then we make a big public. You're fired. You're done. Get out of here. And then they go back to the other camp, which is where they're supposed to be all that's summer. That's hilarious. But the rest of the staff are like, oh, this serious. If we're you know we're needing staff now, and he fired somebody important, this is serious. We better do what's right. <laughs> we always said that. We've yet to do it. I'm like, that'd be a great idea. <laughs> all right, number three on my list. Number, number three is we. We finally got camp software and we went with ultra camp um, because what they had is what worked perfect for our camp. Oh, 
I can't. I mean, we were using Excel before, and that's how <laughs> and and JotForm to do all of our online. It was and it worked. It was just this new software has been wonderful. And so, if you are a camp out there and you don't have software, your your camp director's like, ah, oh, we don't need it. We can just keep doing this and save money. It is worth every penny. I mean, even <laughs> just the other day, we were trying to find something, and I'm like, oh. I have that on UltraCamp, and I can pull it right up on my phone and find out this information. Oh, it has been wonderful. And then just what we know about the campers and kind of with the stats and different things at the end of the year that we can look at and see, like, oh, I can tell you how many girls, how many boys, how many of which age, and totally, totally worth it. <laughs> so obviously it's a lot more expensive than it using is. Excel and JotForm. Yeah. And as a camp that has to constantly raise money – Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a bold statement for you to be like, it's worth it because it, yes, <laughs> more money to have to be raised. And it was, I mean, we had to raise a lot more money this year to kind of pay for that. And and that was one of the things I, we have a, we used to hire every year, a couple office people. Um, and so that was kind of my thing. I'm like, you know, I think we could get rid of one of these office people and, and not have to hire that position if we had the software. Mm-hmm. And so, and we did. And it, I mean, it was so much easier. Now we still have the, um, we have a, a wonderful lady that comes in that she's our volunteer and she's our registrar. And so teaching kind of her how to use it took a lot because she'd always done Excel. She'd always done this way. Right. And, and so there was, a, there was a learning curve, but oh, totally worth it. <laughs> totally worth it. I, I would do it again. <laughs> I will do it again, definitely. Right. That's awesome. All right, my next one is fifth year anniversary. And basically this can be used for any anor- fifth, tenth, twentieth. And it's by Lori Wiseman. And she writes, this summer was our fifth anniversary. And to celebrate, we planned a special week five at camp. We made it a week-long celebration with birthday activities such as cake-making competition, dining hall decorating, and classic birthday party games. We also took each group out on a surprise field trip. The week culminated in a camp-wide carnival. It was a great way to celebrate five years. And my thing is that most, I feel like most camps or, or, you know, most camps that come up to a milestone like that, have maybe a a Mm 10-year anniversary or 20, that they do something that is outside of camp. You know, they they have a, a big thing for a banquet or something right for yeah. uh, uh friends of camp and alumni and, and that type of thing but to mm-hmm. do something during camp like f- to make one week uh, a celebration of that i think is a very cool idea I like that. And, yeah. and those campers yes. that's something they're always going to remember i was there for the 10th year yeah. anniversary <laughs> and we did it was so great and uh it's yeah it's a big thing so uh, this summer is going to be our 65th, so I'll have to... 65th, there you go. Yeah. Week 65, we'll have a special <laughs> something. <laughs> Week six and a half, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Day 65, that might come in this... I have to look. <laughs> so, that's funny. Um, so number two on my list is we did uh, staff family weekends. And so this last spring, when I was at Mid-States, we had a roundtable that talked about staff retention. How do you keep staff? And one of the people said, you have to make the staff, they, they need to feel like they're part of a family so that they don't want to go home every weekend. Or they don't, you know, at the, when next year comes around that they're like, oh, I really would like, you know, camp was okay. 
But if they feel like, hey, my family is at camp, that's where my my friends and my my closest family are, I want to be there. And so they said you need to create stuff on the weekends to make it feel like a family, not that just like, all right, it's a weekend, go rest, get out of my sight, I don't want to see you go away, do laundry kind of thing. <laughs> and so each weekend we set up, now they had to pay for it themselves, but we set up events. And so like one weekend we went to Six Flags. We did uh, one weekend where, you know, it was fire. It was 4th of July, so we went to fireworks. Um, we worked it out with another camp, and we went and did their high ropes course. One weekend, we set up to just be at camp, and we got to do all the fun camp stuff without children. So we got to ride the zip line. We got to do the archery and, and things like that. And these staff family, because it really did, it got made our staff a little more close-knit. And I have several that have said, you know, they, they already have signed up for next year to be on our staff. And so we, I think it has helped with retention a little. So uh, obviously, it was fun to get to know them outside of camp totally. and actually like, Totally. Oh, so that's who that's who's dating who. <laughs> you kind of see that on the weekends outside. Week. Yeah. Uh, so obviously this is optional. Yes. Yep. They did not have to come because they had to pay for it themselves. And we would tell like ahead of time, we we put out a list. Here's what we have planned for each weekend. And so here's how much we think about it's going to cost. And then we kind of gave that to all the staff so they could talk with mom and dad if, you know, they go home every weekend or they can kind of plan their budget a little bit or, oh, I have a wedding that weekend, so I can't come to that one. And then we asked them to sign up. So we kind of knew ahead of time, oh, this one, you know, we only have three signed up or so I guess we're not doing anything this weekend kind of thing. Or so you had this a minimum? One is packed. We did, yeah. So we had to have at least um, a certain amount to make it worth it. Otherwise, I'm like, if you, I'm going to go and enjoy my weekend if you're, <laughs> if we don't have enough people coming. And then we also needed to figure out, like, oh, we're going to need, you know, different to work out transportation. So who's driving, who has room in their cars right. to plan? Because we have a lot of people coming this weekend or whatever. And it was you, run, like, you ran these? So yeah, my ministry director, program director, and I all did them. And so we kind of switched a little bit so we weren't – crazy packed full. But like, I mean, we all went to Six Flags. And so, and my wife and I just walked around and enjoyed Six Flags by ourselves while the staff went and, you know, they had their groups and things like that. And, cool. Um, or like Carrie and I both did um, the high ropes course and it was awesome, you know? And so, so we had fun too. And that's right a nice little thing to do as well, as well as just to get to know them a little bit closer and kind of build a bond with them. Yeah. I like that. I, I think that's uh, especially important if you have international staff. Yes. And I've seen camps that will have international staff and then they're just kind of on their own for days off and they have no transportation. They have nothing, you know, Mm -hmm. you need to provide them something. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Uh, we have a lot of out of state staff. And so being able to mm -hmm. take them around to some of the touristy stuff in our area is good, too, because they want to see that. Sure, for sure, for sure. Okay, my next one is called Special Wall. And this is by Amy McSheffrey. And she writes, one of the best things we added this summer was a special wall in the hall leading to the camp room. On the wall, it says, meet the person responsible for, and then there are three mirrors and a word over each mirror. And it was amazing to see the kids walk by, read it, then look at themselves in the mirrors. So basically, it says, meet the person responsible for choices, and then had a mirror, Mm -hmm. or for your choices. Uh, yep. for your words, actions. So there's three mirrors and one says choices, one words, one actions. And so, yeah, it's just kind of a reminder. I'm responsible for my choices, yeah. my words, my actions. It's, it's neat. Uh, I like okay. that. Very simple. 
easy to make. That'd be good in schools, too. For sure. <laughs> I could for see sure. a lot of schools putting that up. All right, my number one, the best thing, my favorite thing we did this summer, um, we had, we called it Discovery Camp. And I've seen other camps do this. They, little kid camp, or what, beginner camp, I see. Um, but what it was is it was just two nights of overnight camp. So they come on a Sunday, um, Sunday afternoon, they stay Sunday night, they play all day Monday, they stay Monday night, and they leave Tuesday um, around one o'clock on Tuesday. And it was awesome. And our, our tagline was, discover if camp is right for you. And so oh. discovery camp. But we had, it was for ages six to 10. So it was our younger ones. And we have, we have a lot of kids that they're just not, am I going to be homesick at camp? Can I make it? Am I going to like the food? Is camp going to be fun? Right. Um, we also have a lot of parents that are, is my kid going to be homesick? Or am I going to miss my child while they're gone? And so huh. this worked. It was, it wasn't, you know, it was a lot cheaper to come to discovery camp. And you got to do a lot. You didn't get to do everything campy, but you got to do most of it. And it, we, it was packed. The Discovery Camp had a waiting list of five. Um, and so we packed nice. it full. And then it was neat to see a lot of those campers. We had several that then the very, and it was about two weeks later, they signed up for a whole week of overnight camp. Nice. Like they used Discovery Camp. They found out they could do it. All right, great. Now I'm going to do a whole week's worth. And so this next year, we're actually we're going to do two discovery camps. Um, so the week of we do it during the week of Fourth of July, because that always yep. seems to be a hard week to fill. And so we did it this year because Fourth of July was on like a Thursday, and so we needed, you know, we just need like I just need something for a couple days, and then no one's coming to camp on Fourth of July, so let's leave it empty. But this year with Fourth of July being, I think it's a Saturday this coming year, so we're going to do two discovery camps. We're going to do a younger kids one, so um, ages six to ten, the beginning of the week. And then 11 to 13 towards the end. Because we do have some of our older kids are homesick too. And so this still lets them have kind of a short camp. And um, and I know we'll have some kids that, that will probably never come to a full week of overnight camp. But they still get to experience a couple days of camp uh, of overnight and, and enjoy it that way. So yeah, that's a great Loved idea. it. Yep. Totally going to do it again. Excellent. Excellent. All right, so next week we are going to, or next episode, yeah, well, next week, right? We're a weekly podcast here. Yeah, we're going Christmas to Eve. Christmas Eve. We don't even we don't even stop for the holidays. Like we keep we keep providing the, right. the good content, stuff you can use so, while you're while you're back at your family's house, and they've annoyed you enough to, <laughs> to not want to go just. Pop on your headphones and listen to us. <laughs> that's right. Or, or during that drive when you're going to yeah. oh, that's a good family, one too. right? There you go. So we're going to talk about teen and preteen ideas for camp. Uh, this is always, teens I feel like is yeah. always one of those areas where like, what do we do with them? Kind of mm -hmm. tough, but we'll, we'll give you some great ideas for that. Perfect. Other than that, that's all you. Yeah. Well, from around the... Oh, good night, I already started. <laughs> Said, from around the marketplace. I don't know where that is coming from. Good night, Pete. Let's try this again. From around the campfire, this has been Kurt and Chris. Thanks for listening. Mm -hmm.